The year is 2020. A wasteland and a field of ruin have destroyed our mana bases. There is but one solution, one way to save the metagame. Brave souls working for the benefit of us all. Welcome to the Astrolab. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to the Tibbles Astrolab, the only podcast on the internet that everyone seems to want to ban these days. And, of course, uh, it's Tibbles because everyone who wants to change Tibbled or ban Tibbled or Tibbled's messing up the multiverse. So, yeah, let's just go with that. Uh, I am one of your co-hosts, Joe Dyer, and with me, as always, is Mr. Scott Campbell. How you doing tonight, Scott? Uh, three years, $102 million? What in the hell? Oh, hey, Joe. Uh, sorry, I'm just... Reading over the Trevor Bauer contract, uh, I, I know this is not a baseball podcast. However, I'm a little frustrated. Now, I, I know that I shouldn't have been hopeful that Trevor Bauer was going to resign with my Cincinnati Reds. Uh, however, I, I had hope, right? Uh, but he signed, he was a free agent by rule of the Players Association and all that. He signed a three-year contract with the reigning World Series champion Los Angeles Dodgers for $102 million. Mm -hmm. 40 of that million is paid in 2021. $45 million of that is paid in 2022. And then the remainder in 2023, if he chooses to stay, because he has an opt-out clause where he can choose to be a free agent again after this season and after next season if he chooses to stay with the Dodgers after this year. It's it's absurd, uh, you know. And I don't get me wrong, he's worked his he's worked his rear off to get this money, right? And, and right. playing by the rules of Major League Baseball. But owners are notorious for not spending a lot of money on their teams in order to win. Uh, look at it this way: um, say you go to uh, a Grand Prix or a, a big Magic event. Remember those? Yeah, and no. take all the people that have decks, cut out all the ones that have borrowed cards, right? We, we just want to look at those who have purchased their own cards because we know a big chunk of the pro player MPL community or whatever, like borrow cards. Like they have a large card pool amongst themselves, right? So cut that part out for a hot second, right? But focus on those that have bought the, the cards for their decks and... Those are your big spender teams like the Dodgers, Yankees, Mets. Um, who else? Uh, Red Sox, I guess, prior to the uh, 2020 season or 2019 season or whatever. But but the, the teams that spend a lot of money, right, that, that from a layman's fan standpoint, oh, well, that team's in the news because they spend a lot of money. Like, that's just kind of like how it's understood. Then you right. have someone who has a lot of commons and uncommons in their deck. They haven't bought a lot of rares, maybe only one or two of the current dual land cycle and standard or whatever. That's your teams that are on the, the going towards the bottom. Those are the, the ones that do that. What I just described is, is starting to slowly become the majority of baseball. As far as ownership, mm -hmm. you have these owners who are bi literal billionaires 
not wanting to spend to compete to win a championship for their team. What they're looking at is, all right, I can put this product on the field. Uh, I, based on statistical analysis, not actual play on the field. Well, the play on the field, the stats come from play on the field, but whatever. But more analytical data, uh, you know, not counting for variants such as the human condition, weather, things like that. Um, right. You know, so not counting for that that variance because there is variance in baseball. Uh, oddly enough, the analytics crew doesn't know. Uh, how much can I put out there to where I will still receive a profit from ticket sales, TV revenue, and da 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 da. Well, the national media is still stuck on old man baseball thinking. So when someone's a free agent, who whatever team they just played for, they're automatically like, well, that team's not going to resign them. Like, it's already a negative attitude. And that mm. spills out into the fan base. Well, my team ain't doing stuff. And then the ownership's like, well, the fans don't think we're doing anything, so why do we have to? And it's just a cyclical thing that just goes on and on and on. And I get it. There's also minor leagues and you develop players and whatever. But how many fan bases out there have players where, cool, um, this person from this college or even high school maybe get, gets drafted as a top pick, comes in, they do well in the minor leagues, they come in, they play for the team for three, four, five years before they're traded, and no World Series or even playoff appearance maybe sometimes comes right. from that draft pick. So you build up all this hope and expectation and excitement uh, just to get let down. And, right. um, you know, last year was oddly, or was, it was, of course, an odd year for baseball in general. We only had 60 games. We had an expanded playoffs. We had DH uh, in the National League for the first time. And the Reds couldn't even scratch across a run in the two playoff games that they played in this expanded playoffs. Uh, they had all the pitching, but none of the hitting. And that was evident all season long. So it wasn't just the playoffs. If you actually paid attention, like it was a struggle for them to scratch across a run. I, I pulled out a lot of my hair uh, during mm. the pandemic season. But um, no, I didn't. But just metaphorically. It's metaphorically. Um, but yeah, just you know, seeing this happen and the fact that here's this one player who in one year will make $40 million, which is almost as much as at least three teams have spent on their squad in baseball. Like, the imbalance is insane. There's no salary cap. There's no salary minimum, which a lot of people are crying for. Like, get, give us a salary minimum. That way, if you want to compete, you have to, you have to be this tall to ride this ride. Like, that type of thing, right? Uh -huh. uh, and it, it's just, as a... As a sports fan or a fan of baseball, it's frustrating. And I know all you football fans out there are like, blah, 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 Super Bowl, dirk, 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 and whatever. Right? I get it. You got 18 weeks of one side of people smushing into the other side of people for like four hours. Whatever. I get it. And, and, right. and enjoy yourself this weekend. Be safe. Whatever. Actually, yeah, by the time this comes out, it should be uh, right around the start of the 15-hour pregame of the Super Bowl. Um, actually, no, it's about 14 hours. Anyway. Uh, but, yeah, it's just, it, it's it's frustrating. I mean, outside of that, everything else, you know, I, I can't, although I do complain. Um, I, I can't complain too much. I mean, I'm alive. I have a job. 
Um, I wake up every day and my dog is happy to see me, regardless of what <laughs> happened the day before, what's going on right now, doesn't matter. Um, I did notice, though, uh, the, the pivot into talking about uh, Pooch stuff for a minute. Uh, she is very scared of fireworks. Mm. Um, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, we were. Wa- I was watching MLB Network, because Trevor Bauer, and it ended and went to the uh, documentary series done by Ken Burns. And there was a clip uh, uh, during the intro where there's like a couple fireworks shut off. And I saw how she reacted. And I'm like, oh, hold on. So I turn off the cable. Yes, I still have cable. Don't blame me, blame my wife. Uh, turn off the cable, switched over to YouTube uh, through, uh, through my streaming, and just found a fireworks video. It was just shooting fireworks. And she could not find a place to hide. Mm. I'm like, all right, we're done. We're done. It's okay. Turn off. Yep. Let, yeah. Let, bring 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 everything down. Make it quiet. No sound. Right. Nothing. Kind of reset. So I'm like, all right. So now we have to figure out how to. Uh, not right now, of course, because it's it's February. But right. Uh, find time to get her comfortable around the noise. Because right. we, we live pretty close to uh, a place here in town that will shoot fireworks. Uh, we, we're hoping to, at least this year, try and watch it from our backyard, uh, if possible. Um, mm-hmm. But if we do happen to go out, we know she's still going to hear them. Regard- it's pretty close. So she'll still be able to hear them. We don't want, like, if we leave her in her cage, we don't want her to get frightened to the point where she hurts herself trying to escape or hide or whatever, so... So there's yeah, that's 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 rough. Yeah, yeah, that, that's so rough. That's I mean, I kind of expected as much to be honest. I, I wasn't gonna be naive and think, oh, she's fine. Like she's never experienced it with us. I've never right. I've never seen her experience it. So right. Um. So yeah, there's that. Um. Other than that, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh Tybalt stuff to Tybalt about and uh, <laughs> Tybalt the Gathering that we'll get yeah. to. And uh, I, I'm going to bring up a new segment called Reserve List or Not. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Joe, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing okay. Just kind of been busy, you know, just to kind of, you know, making sure I'm getting through stuff. Um, it's been a, a week of, hey, look, there's cards to talk about. You know, there's, uh, you know, decks to talk about, legacy, Um yeah, I just I'm doing all right. Yeah, just... <laughs> I bet it's been busy. I mean, um, as much as we don't have a lot going on in Magic beyond digital, you know, there's still people doing stuff on Arena and, and MTGO, and you cover Legacy and Vintage. There's still um, uh, leagues and challenges and things like that that are happening. So. There's still a lot of data pouring in. I, I bet, though, it's probably hard to get, or it's uh, difficult to get a hold of the cards because everybody wants the new cards to try out. So right. prices may be spiked or some rental places may not have the quantities people want right now. So that, that's got to be a challenge. Yeah, it's just a little bit. Uh, it's been certainly interesting uh, getting things, but... Uh, I don't know. It's it's definitely been a uh, a week 
Uh, I there's one of the decks that we're going to talk about. Uh, I can't even rent uh, because it's more expensive than my rental sub, and I have a one thousand ticket rental sub. <laughs> so yeah, let's like okay. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. It's just been just been busy. You know, let's just can't really say much more than that. We've been just kind of it's been cold. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna be colder next week. Um, yeah, let let me actually take a look at that because it was the cold was actually last time we recorded, the cold was actually supposed to already be here. Well, the colder I should say, and now that I look at it, it's supposed to get really cold tomorrow, but yeah. then bounce back to quote unquote normal for winter. Uh, but then the actual cold that we were supposed to have now. And it's supposed to be here till next week. So it's like, right. is it coming or not? Like, you know, and sure, yeah. that might be a euphemism for some of you. But, uh, you know, it's just, you know, and really, it's not the temperature that gets me. It's when you factor in the wind. Because uh, it, it, sometimes even just a light breeze will knock that temperature down. Five, ten right. degrees or more. And you can feel it. Uh, right. You know, I some I, during the pandemic, I've been pretty much in comfy pants and uh, t-shirt and slippers and a hoodie. Like I, I, I kind of look like uh, the Big Lebowski in a way. <laughs> so, right. uh, you know, I kind of feel like doubling up on all that uh, when I go outside right now, and I would even look more ridiculous. Right. Yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, it's supposed to be super cold. I'm just like, eh, I don't want it to be cold. Thanks, I hate it. Uh, right? So, yeah, I'm not too thrilled with that personally, but, uh, but it is what it is. Hey, that's all right. Because uh, you know, we saw uh, his shadows. There's what five, six more weeks of impeachment talk. I mean, until spring. So. <laughs> Yeah, ain't that the truth? <laughs> so there's six more weeks of wearing masks because he saw a shadow or didn't see a shadow, however it works. I don't care. Right. <laughs> uh, I I have no idea how that's supposed to work. Yeah, either. I I don't pay attention to that stuff. If I rely on a rodent to tell me the weather, we have bigger problems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. There's probably way worse problems than. But uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we were gonna talk about some uh, crazy stuff that's going on in Magic the Gathering right now. Yeah, this Magic the Gathering update has been interrupted by Tybalt. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Uh, It's wild to think uh, that uh, Tybalt is the dumbest thing to be doing in Legacy and Modern and other formats. Dude, is it going to break out in Vintage? Uh, No, actually, Vintage is just like healthy. Isn't that weird? <laughs> so it's not like, it's not going to break vintage. No. How? How is it not going to? Because oh wait, they don't play a lot. Well, no, it's not the creature thing. I, I don't know. Yeah, I I I don't think it's going to do anything there. So I, I mean, uh, being able to go, what? Uh, well, no, because Black Lotus adds three of one color. But yeah, be- the problem is the problem is is that yeah, in order to do that. You have to play oh. uh, a whole bunch of cards that are not Moxon. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you can't so, you can't play cards that are less than two mana, which right. um, 
that's like the foundation of vintage. <laughs> right, yeah. And when when you're trying to do that, like it's it's really difficult. So Wow. Th- yeah, that, so I, I don't crazy. see it. Yeah. I I I don't see it. Um I'll be curious to see what happens, but I don't see it doing anything yeah. actually in I, vintage. I, so. Someone will probably try to meme with it, but yeah, I don't I don't think anything will happen. Now now you mentioned no. that and I'm like, oh, Wow, somehow Wizards has put a stopgap to make sure it doesn't impact Vintage. Huh. Right. <laughs> Which is wild to consider, but yeah, right. it's kind of a thing that happens. Well, they, they are wild out here, that's for sure. Yeah, they are. So uh, one of the big things that uh, we're talking about here is not the Tybalt's Trickery deck. Let's just put that out there because it's not that deck that we're talking about. Even though that deck is also kind of dumb and we talked about that last week joe tipple's trickery is so january 2021 right <laughs> now this is february we're talking about valky god of lies and tybalt the cosmic imposter and i admit like i was kind of on board with thinking you know okay this card's probably not that bad like i don't think that this interaction is that bad somebody figured out a way to just like break it in half uh, and in Legacy, what we're seeing is people are breaking it in half in a deck that's playing uh, eight uh, normal pitch counters in Force of Will, Force of, Force of Negation, uh, and then they're also playing four copies of uh, Misdirection Yeah, as well. Uh, and not only that, this deck is playing four, eight, 12, 12 different ways to Cascade. Uh, on uh, on a three mana cascade into Valky, so it's our ardent plea, violent outburst, and shardless agent. And if you have a you know rainbow land in your hand, and you know, and a simian spirit guide and an elvish spirit guide, you can very easily cast shardless agent or violent outburst on turn one, and get yourself a tilt. It gets better though. It's also playing two mystical disputes main deck. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yep. Mystical dispute. What? What is this yep. life? Yep. Yeah. So this this whole thing is just it's utterly ridiculous. Uh, uh yeah. Ardent plea. Ardent plea. The mm. enchantment that gives your stuff exalted and has cascade. Yep. Is being played in this deck. Yeah, only because it has cascade. Right. And it's blue. And and on top of that, because it is also blue. This deck has found a way to include, no, not Uro, Titan of Nature's Wrath, the Vintage Champion, by the way, uh, Oko, Thief of Crowns. For Oko. Yeah. Right. But, and that's what, that, so I was talking about uh, in the pre-show, uh, I can't rent any of these decks, these Tybalt decks, because they're all playing four copies of Force of Will and four copies of Force of Negation. And uh, Valky himself is also uh, pretty expensive. Yeah, what is he, like 90 so, bucks on MTGO yeah, or some, something? something like that. So just looking at, like, your Force of Will and your Force of Negation, that's, like, most of your... But I have, like, a 1,000 ticket sub, yeah. and I can't pl- and I can't rent these. They're all, like, at least 1,100 to 1,300 tickets. And in the sideboard, it even has a one of, of Clothis, God of Destiny, that you can yeah. just play on turn one, because why not? Right. Uh, and when... So this is why I so I'm willing to admit that I might have been wrong about this card. Like I am. I'm willing to admit that. Like I, I posted this on Twitter. I was like, I was like, my article this past week. Like I said, hey, maybe I don't think this is problematic as you know people think it is. 
legacy community went out and just proved me wrong. Uh, and I'm okay with that. Like, I'm okay with saying, Hey, yeah, I was wrong about this. Like, it's not a big deal. Uh, my th thinking that says that I was wrong about this and that this is actually a problem is the fact that this deck is playing three copies of Lavinia Azorius Renegade. Yeah. And when we start seeing Lavinia come out uh, to play, typically it means there's something wrong. Yeah, like... The uh, last time Lavinia saw play was Underworld Breach. Like, Lavinia, uh, at least at the moment, prior to all this, she was seeing one, maybe two sideboard slots in a non-Snow, non-Oko, blue-white-based legacy control deck. Not even that. Right, like, right. But yeah. I mean, it, that's what I'm saying, it just real sparingly. Yeah, as, not not even that. Yeah. Like the card sees way more play in vintage. Oh, oh, sure, sure. I'm I'm just yeah. I'm just talking about the confines of legacy. Like her yeah. her presence was like was like how Peacekeeper was back when Miracles was in its heyday prior to Top Ban. Like maybe one in the sideboard here or there, right? Not like a staple, right? But yeah, now yeah. now from almost nothing to three of, right? In, in this in in this deck because. Yeah. You know what? I'll, what I also think is deck won the legacy challenge today. Yeah, nine zero. Uh, yeah, nine zero. Uh, now, now, granted, the pilot of said deck is Arc Foran, and Arc Foran is a very good legacy player. Oh, and that's fine. But yeah, usually, like, think of all the decks that have been quote unquote problematic, and even then, that's probably not like the right word to use. But th right. think of uh, decks not just in legacy, but in any match together in format. They're found by good players. Right. Like, Call, yeah. Call Blade was found by back when a bunch of pros could rent a house for a weekend and work on a deck before registering. They're like, oh, this Stoneforge Mystic card's pretty good in a blue-eyed control shell. Oops. And, right. the, you know, there you go. <laughs> um, right. So, yeah, like, because with Lavinia in play, if your opponent has to bolted you, they can't cast your spells, Right. Does yeah. Well, it, it, well, uh, you're really just trying to get. Uh, you're trying really just trying to stop the first casting. Oh yeah, yeah. You're uh, trying to stop at, them at, cascading, duh. Yeah. Yeah, and then you're gonna slam Lavinia, and that prevents them from cascading. Right, and their whole deck is about cascade. They have nothing right. else really. Well, I mean, they right. could run out shardless agent, uh, but they don't get to cascade off of it. Right. Uh, but by then you may have. They race. have to have removal for Lavinia. Right. Which they yeah. they don't outside of the fire and ices and the board. Yeah, fire yeah. fire and ice. Hey, welcome back. Uh, yeah, welcome to the twenty yeah. first century. Right. Um, so, you know. so yeah. I mean, it's it's this deck is it's crazy, but uh, the Lavinias are more there for the mirror, uh, and that's simply because uh, this was a fifty three player event. Uh, which is sort of low for a Saturday. Uh, yeah, I think a part of that uh, has to do with what we just mentioned about access to new cards and stuff. But well, yeah. no. Um, so my thought is, so last week we had fifty-seven players in the Saturday event. And the Saturday event, now you have to remember, is a early event. Like it literally starts at like four or five o'clock in the morning, uh, Eastern time. It's more meant for. European and like Asian players like yeah it's like it's supposed to be you know it, it so a lot of like the US players don't play in the Saturday event like only the really hardcore like grinder folks like really play in this event 
so like shout out to Matt Book, uh, who was uh, Ozymandias 17 on Moto. Uh, this week was his third uh, top eight event in a row uh, on the Hull Breacher Snow Deck. Uh, but he, uh, this is like his third top eight weekend. So yeah, <laughs> he he top eighted both both challenges last weekend. Uh, and top eight at this one, so uh, good for him. Uh, he's also one of the guys that helps out with collecting data uh, for us, so that's great. Uh, but yeah, so uh, this at this fifty three player event, there were eight of these decks in this fifty three player event. Were they all that's, the same, or were there any differences? Yeah, they were. I don't think there was like huge amount of differences. But they were pretty much all the same. Eight of them already, and we're only we're only days from physical product release. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that was this past Friday. So we're only hour at that point. We're only hours from physical product release. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. The, the product yeah. was released this past Friday. But I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Good but Lord. yeah. So yeah, this deck has. Now this is the first week we 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 didn't see this deck last weekend. At all. Well, no, because... Uh, because I don't think anybody had really picked up on how possibly busted this was. Uh, people were kind of, you know, playing fair control-based decks with it. You know, they were playing, you know, Shardless Bug with, you know, with Valky and Tibble instead of Ancestral Vision. You know, they were playing, you know, where, oh, yeah, you know, if I... The, you know, Charles Buck agent into Tibble, that's great, you know, but it's not guaranteed to happen kind of deck. You know, it was literally a control deck that played for him to Turok and, you know, Liliana the Veil and stuff like that. That if you cascaded into him, you're like, oh, cool. But if you cascaded to him, you're like, oh, cool, you know. But this deck always cascades into Tibble. That's the big difference here. That's what kind of breaks it in half. Uh, and Tibble is a card that. Can't be pyroblasted, which is like the biggest thing to consider about that card uh, is the fact that it can't be pyroblasted, and that's like one of the most efficient uh, ways of dealing with blue decks in the format is pyroblast. And when pyroblast can't deal with it, then there's also sort of an issue. Oh, we can just hyperblast <laughs> it. Well, so the thing actually, uh, I was on Twitter and I saw Bob Huang. Uh, talking about the deck. And Bob Wong hasn't played Legacy in a long while, but he follows the format still. And he was like, yeah, he goes, um, he goes you guys probably shouldn't play Hydra Blast. Uh, you should probably play Blue Elemental Blast instead. Uh, and it's because it's a lot harder to misdirect uh, a Beb than it is Hydra Blast. Like, Hydra Blast, they can misdirect it to literally anything in play. Well, good thing I have a signed beta one coming in within the next, <laughs> between now and Heat Death of the Universe. I I so. feel like I feel like there's gonna be a couple possibilities that are gonna happen out of this. Mm -hmm. Either they're gonna ban it, either they're gonna ban Tybalt in Legacy. Or, uh yeah. Okay. Or they're or because this deck also practically exists in Modern, and let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. This deck does not just exist in Legacy. This turbo cast on turn one deck lit works lit is available in Modern as well. Yeah, a matter of fact, uh, if we look at the Legacy list real quick. The, the biggest things you don't get uh, from the Legacy list are Elvish Spirit Guide. Yeah, Elvish Spirit Guide, 
uh, misdirection and, and shardless force of will, force of will and shardless agent everything yeah. else like modern has rainbow lands yeah and fetch you land. prop you probably get um you obviously your 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 game plan there is going to play a, a more jund version yeah, you run more yeah. uh, cascade cards like violent right. outburst, uh, demonic dread, de- demonic dread, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So, but you're still able to have like Simeon Spirit Guide to where you could go turn one Rainbow Land on your upkeep, uh, cast violent outburst. Right. Matter of and, fact, uh, I saw Saffron Olive play a deck like that. I don't know if it's the fully tuned version. Uh, and against Blue White Control, they tried to Aether Gust uh, the Tibalt. And because the pile of exiled cards had a force negation, uh, our boy Safranov was able to tap mana's any color and cast that force negation. For <laughs> and I'm like, like, yep, I don't need to watch the rest of this video. I've seen enough. <laughs> I've known. I have seen too much. Oh, man. Yeah. Wow. I, yeah. Yeah. Something's going to happen. So. So, so yeah, that leads us to the other option that I feel is probably more likely is that they're probably going to change how Cascade and these effects interact with modal DFCs. I, I believe that is what is going to happen because uh, we this is like the brain in a jar beck and call situation. Uh, or the, uh, was it boom bust is another one where we had the split cards that allowed people to cheat out the more powerful effect uh, yeah. in play. Now, the, the weird thing about those was that it was a, those were a little bit more awkward. Uh, and I, I do have to call out that situation because there was that whole situation of ha- explaining how split cards worked in that regard was a little hard for people to explain to new players. Yes. Uh, simply because there were different use cases for how that card interacted with certain cards. Mm-hmm. Like, if you flipped a, a... Like, the most common example you'll see from people is Wear Tear. Yeah. It's, like, one of the bigger, most common examples. Uh, back in the days of Top Miracles and stuff like that, you could flip Wear Tear to Counterbalance. Yeah. And you could counter a 1 or a 2 CMC spell yeah. Which, with it. That was cool. Yeah, but that was, like... It was kind of... but. That also made it super inconsistent with the fact that when you flipped it off a of Bob, you lost three life. Yeah. So, and that was like one of the big reasons why they changed it the way they did was because it was kind of super unintuitive. I kind of think that this is probably super unintuitive as well. Yeah, because there are uh, a lot of people still to this day, like how many how many minutes has it been since, uh, was it Matt Tabak uh, sent out that tweet? Uh, okay, it's not been minutes, but it's been a couple weeks, right? Right. Uh, you know, there are still people out there that do not know that you can cast Bloodbraid Elf or just any card with Cascade uh, and Cascade into Tabalt instead of Valkyrie right. God of Lies. Right. And people are like, what? You can do that? Holy crap. Now, I have three foils coming in the mail because I am me. Um, I was like, you know what? Okay, I'll, I'll get on this. I'll, I'll mess around with this. And then I happen to look at my junk list, and I'm like, what do I cut? Like, what are, What's the over-under on them changing this so it's unplayable by the time you get them? Jeez. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, first, first of all, if they do anything this coming Monday, we all yeah. know it's not going to happen until after lunch. 
Yeah. Um, I, I just, right. I, I just, I have to wonder cause, uh, I, I was in that same boat with, uh, Garuda, uh-huh. you know, I, I had bought oh, four yeah. Japanese, uh, all art Garudas, the, the Godzilla art Garudas, the Gigons. Did you get yours from Haruya? Hararuya. Yeah, yeah, so you had to and deal with custom literally and stuff. two months, two or three months to get them. Oh yeah, because yeah. uh, you're you're at the height of the pandemic during the summer, yep. and customs yep. was just crawling at that time. I literally, I literally, oh no, it wasn't just it wasn't customs. Oh no, no, oh. it wasn't customs. No, oh, no, okay. it was it was literally Japanese mail. They were not sending things out of the country. Oh yeah, because yeah. of stuff yeah 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 and i i had at one point like like right like a week or so after i ordered and shipped it was like the day my things were marked as shipped or whatnot they put out an announcement that said we're not shipping internationally right now and and i never like and i'm like i had to contact them a few times to be like okay but i had an order that was marked as shipped is that still going to get shipped and they were like it's still at the post office so my my Gigan sat in a package at this post office that they use, and then you had uh, some guy roll up in a uh, in a mid fifties Chevy asking if you were Marty McFly because he was supposed to be here at this spot at this time at this <laughs> right no okay no so yeah I just I they sat at this post office for literally two two three months dang that's crazy dude and, and then they finally arrived. But by the time they arrived, they had changed the rules on Companion. Oh, yeah. like <laughs> So... I, I still think, like, I get why that was done to make sure that things don't get to this level where we're cascading in the, into seven mana planeswalkers on turn two, or sometimes even turn one. Uh, or, in Saffron Allah's case, turn zero with, uh, uh, with uh, Gemstone Caverns or whatever. Um... But, you know, I, I just, I don't like it because I when I see the opponent have that in Arena, I'm like, all right, you have this companion. All right, go ahead and cast it. Oh, no, wait, they got put in their hand. And then they have to take another turn. Then they have to cast it. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I love hoofing people. I just love casting Crater Hoof Behemoth and all my elves are giant, right? But because the other opponent's deck, how it should work, it's cool, they have three mana, here comes their lures. Now they have, like, another mana open. Let's cast that dude from the graveyard that becomes a 5-5 demon if I cast him from anywhere but the hand. Right. You know, like, the deck isn't operating the way it's supposed to because of this stupid errata that those words, you can't even take all the words on Loris and then put them together to properly describe how it works with the errata. Like, it, it, the, all the words aren't there. That's what. That's one of the reasons why I'm like, just ban them, get them all out, right? Because this isn't Hearthstone. This isn't uh, other digital games where the the product is digital only, where you can easily go in an errata. Like if I go to the crack of um, Ikoria pack and get a companion, well, the the physical card works differently than how the rules are implied, and it's like, why well, don't even want to play that card? Like, I'll just collect one of each for an Ikoria set and be done. Like, that that's not... That that also isn't intuitive. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that uh, they... I mean, functional errata aside... Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's... 
that's something they did. So Re- reset um, the number of podcasts we've talked about companions now to thirty three. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, I, I mean, so yeah, I, I feel like that there's going to be some sort of change coming. Yeah, it'll probably be something to wear with a modal double face card. You choose which side you you wish to cast. If the mana cost on the side does not apply to the cascade trigger resolving, you cannot cast that side or something right. to that effect. Right. Uh, and it'll be easy to program into Magic Online because when you go to cast Bloodbraid Elf and cascade into it, it will only it will only allow you to choose the Valky God of Lies side. Yeah. And by then the card will go all the way down to. Just standard only, maybe, maybe yeah. pioneer, historic, whatever, EDH. I of mean, course. those formats have to deal with also with Tybalt's trickery. So yeah, and, and yeah. even then, when you do something like that, uh, it'll go back to Tybalt's trickery, which will right. be more of a focus where it's like, all right, these people are memeing too much, get this out. Yeah, and just, I have a feeling that yeah. card gets banned in more than just modern because people are playing it in pioneer now too. Yeah. The, the, uh. So what they're so what the the pioneer deck that I've seen mm-hmm. is that they cast uh Tormod's Crypt on turn two mm-hmm. and then Tibble's Trickery their own Tormod's Crypt. Yeah, and uh Ulmog. Or well either that or into like Genesis Ultimatum. <laughs> and to be able to run to turn through with Genesis Ultimatum and then they get like you know, Ulamog or Ugin or you know, something stupid this, this off of is that. Pioneer, right? Yeah. Oh, they can do Shivan Dragon. <laughs> no. Uh, no. 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 So yeah. Oh. So yeah. They're. <laughs> it's it's literally it's yeah. You're getting you know, your your big busted stuff on turn two, but you're getting multiples because you're trying to hit Genesis Ultimatum. Yeah. Or whatnot. It, and it's like it, it's like this is dumb. <laughs> yeah. And not only that, but that deck is pretty much the same deck in standard. Historic and Pioneer, for right. the most part. So it's not even a different deck across formats. So this is where it's like, all right. I mean, yeah, it is the same deck as Tormod's Crypt is is also standard legal. Yeah. So it's so like ju- you can... just you know, unfortunately, one of my predictions will come up to be false. That being, there will be no cards banned in standard <laughs> during the twenty twenty one calendar year. And yeah, Tibble's Trickery is going to be that. And, and I. It's 2021, right? Grant, right. this set was probably developed in 2019 in the before times. Um, have they not figured out yet if you give Magic players something to break, they will break it, they will make it into a combo? Like right. that. That's, generally speaking, that's what all Magic players, again, generally speaking, they're, they're still people like myself that just want to play Fair Magic. Generally speaking... People want to break things in half and combo off, and suddenly things are Yu-Gi-Oh! or Pokemon. Right. So, you know, if they haven't figured that out yet, what are they doing? Like, if Tibalt's Trickery was not in Kaldheim, if Valky got Allies, uh, the Tibalt double face card wasn't as it is right now. Like, say if maybe the Tibalt side costs, like, less mana. like Let's say it costs four. Yeah, let's say it costs four, had a lower lower lo- starting loyalty count, maybe turned the knobs down on some of, like, the adding and subtracting loyalties or whatever, made it more of a fair Planeswalker. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, if they did that and didn't have Tybalt's trickery, Kaldheim would have still been exciting. Right. It still would have had hype. So this right. whole notion of like, well, they got to put cards in there for people to break and get excited about. No, they don't. No, they don't. I, I, I don't I don't understand that rhetoric. I've said it before and I'll say it again. They could take a plain cardboard box, write M-A-G-K-I-C, like misspell magic purposely, set it out in the middle of the road, a dirt road, and it will still sell. And it just... Oh, it, it's ridiculous. They don't need to keep reinventing the wheel and pushing things and breaking things and... No, it just, just give us a fun set to where there's story behind it. And when you do that, make sure you put out the cinematic trailer that tells the story first instead of afterwards. Like, because the one where it was just Tabalt and uh, Kaya felt like a, a dual deck advertisement than an advertisement for Kaldheim. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you saw that. Um, yeah, I saw it. I, I didn't think it was that bad. Where, uh, no, no, not not uh, not at all. But you know, it definitely wasn't a Throne of or uh, Zeros Beyond Death uh, trailer. Um, yeah. But where where did Tybalt go, by the way? Uh, Tybalt planeswalked away. Yeah, but did he planeswalk to Phyrexia? Because he sent the trolls there. Uh, no. The no. Okay, you have not read. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. You have not read this. Yeah, I'm sorry about the sidetrack from talking about yeah, yeah, Tybalt yeah, yeah, the yeah, Gathering, yeah. but you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, we're still talking about Tybalt the Gathering. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> that that has not changed. No, it, um, it probably won't change because we know how quickly they want to ban stuff when we're only digital only. They can ban so many things right now, but I'm gonna get off that so, soapbox for a minute. So the whole the whole Tybalt thing is um, technically based. On this idea that Tybalt is just there to cause like mischief. Uh, Tybalt's only in, in, so here's here's something super interesting about the whole Phyrexian aspect of this. Uh, Tybalt's only interaction with the Phyrexians is getting somehow touched, like infected, touched by Vorinclex. Yeah, I saw that. I, I read about yes. that. Yeah. Yes. So Vorinclex is already on uh, Kaldheim by the time uh, Tybalt arrives. So Tybalt shows up. Vorinclex is already there. Now, this is, is, is Vorinclex dead? Did, did Kaya kill him? No. Okay. No. Kaya, Kaya did not kill Vorinclex. I, I thought that was on a story card where she was no. attacking him or something. No, anyway. that, that story card is um, the basically the thing from the first story where she's fighting him. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah, that's all it is. Yeah, so that's just her fighting him or whatnot. Um, but, so there's this whole, they have the whole, like, Doomscar thing. Tybalt planes walks away, you know, because his job's done. You know, he's just like, I, I did my thing, and I'm going to cause this big old fight between everybody because I've misled all these different characters, all these different factions on all these different planes. Because he's got around posing as Valky, you know, and, you know, talking to the trolls, getting them interested in fighting people, talking to the elves, getting them interested in fighting everybody else, you know, that basically that sort of thing. That's all he's been doing this whole time is just going around to different planes and trying to stir up trouble, different parts of the plane and trying to stir up trouble. Sowing chaos. Yeah. Yeah. Basically what he does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But he was doing this. A for himself. 
obviously because that's what he the stuff he likes to do. But he was also doing it because it was also distracting everybody from the re, the real reason that Vorinclex was there. Uh, and at the end, and this is spoilery. I'm not. I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm going to warn you, people, if you haven't read the story, this is spoiler alert. Yep, giant spoiler alert. This is actually <laughs> our, or a spoiler alert, uh, alert about magic. We'll have a spoiler alert about WandaVision, of course, later. So yeah. go ahead and skip ahead like five minutes or something. So, Essica, the, the goddess of the world tree mm-hmm. or whatnot, is laying down at the, at the bot. She's the one that's at the bottom of the world tree. You know, nobody knows who she is because she's literally the goddess that literally nobody's ever seen because she's the, the one that's basically the base of the world tree. And she's basically stand, sit, you know, there on the ground, uh, just kind of like practically dying. She, she's, she's, you know, losing her, uh, her abilities, you know, she's, she's dying and Vorinclex is there and he's, it basically, so the base of the plane where the where the tree is, the tree has the sap. Yeah, we've. I, mean, I think we. You know, the, so the tyrite stuff that mm-hmm. the, the sword is made out of right. is like the hardened sap. The sap of the world tree is what she uses to make the the elixir that gives the gods, you know, their their abilities, their powers. Mm-hmm. You know, makes them makes them divine, right. that sort of thing, or whatnot. Uh and so Vorinclex uh is holding her like in his like claws or something like that or whatnot. And this is like the most chilling thing on the planet that I'm gonna read this excerpt. This is so so super chilling. Um it says a voice rose from the creature's throat then, an odd amalgamation of tones and deliveries, as if the words had been stolen from other voices, synthesized into nothing something new. And it says, not enough hunger in you, not enough fear to survive. Soon, though. And then he drops her. He goes to the um, the well where she stored the sap or whatnot. And he takes a bottle and he dips some of the and takes and dips some of the bottle and takes some of it hmm. or whatnot. And then he goes, sample acquired. I am ready to return. And there's this light, and he and he disappears like a boom uh, tube through through this portal. And it says from the other side of the portal came a sound so unearthly and strange she didn't almost recognize it as a voice. Welcome back, Vorinclex. We step ever closer to perfection. Okay, so who this was the this was the end of this story. <laughs> so who was that voice? Was Elish? It... Elish, gotta be Elish. It, it could ha- be Tezzeret. I, I'm guessing that it's Elish. What if it's Vincer? I'm, I'm guessing that Tezzeret... So, the way they describe how Cal, how Vorinclex arrived on the plane... Or Karn. They mention, they mention it as a... They don't mention explicitly how he got there. But they, but they do mention that all of his organic parts were obliterated in the, in the journey. Wow. And so he literally built himself a new organic part of his body from local wildlife uh, where he landed. So that's why he looks the way he does in Kaldheim, because he's literally grafted pieces of other creatures to himself uh, with his, uh, you know, mechanical parts. Funny, he didn't look druid. 
<laughs> yeah. So, oh, so I, I have a feeling that we're probably the idea that we're going to see a different Phyrexian Praetor in Strixhaven. Oh, yeah. Like that, that bit, that part of the story. Yeah. That clearly indicates there's some like gathering of Infinity Stones-esque type right. of thing. They're... They are gathering something together. Yeah. And the biggest thing that he wanted from this world was this elixir. Mm-hmm. Whatever, you know, the, this elixir that grants the divine powers. And the only, I, I could definitely see a being like Elish Norn wanting that kind of ability. How they found out about it, I, that's a good question. Right, but, but I thought all the Praetors were not working together, so to speak. I don't want to uh, say they were at war with each other, but... So, technically, um, Urabrask is in hiding. Uh, I heard that Shieldred is dead. She can uh, just come back on your upkeep, so that's fine. <laughs> uh, like, uh, that's, at least that's what I've heard. I've, I've heard that Shieldred is is dead. Uh, oh, no, they don't, they don't know. They don't know if she actually lived or not. But Elish Nord basically like laid waste to her domain. Uh, so Elish Norn kind of basically centralized uh, in the the little civil war or whatnot. Wait, wait a minute! They you mean to tell me that a white card actually did something? <laughs> yeah. So she. Oh wait, that's she... right. That's right. White is the color of removal, so that's exactly what Elish Norn would do. Got right. it. Right. She basically. Uh, Basically obliterated both Shieldred and Urabrask's forces. And because Vorinclex is basically the one Praetor who's like, natural order, sure, I'll just do whatever you want because it feels like I don't feel like being that super ambitious about it. Yeah. Because I'll just follow along with however I survive as the strongest. Because that that green aspect. Right, he, he's that yeah. strong lieutenant in this war, so to speak. Right, so she's just able to do with him whatever she wants. Interesting. So yeah, I, I feel like Elish Norn is the the big the big one. Like we're just gonna see Elish uh, at some point. Like I don't think we're gonna see her on a different plane. I El- think we're gonna see Jin Cataxius in Strixhaven. Elish Norn, God Praetor. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. That's the scary part. Like like this Tyrite stuff, this Cosmos Elixir. That you know the that gives the gods their, you know their abilities, you know is like, hmm. Storm God Praetor modal double face card. Why not Whoa. just all in? Yeah, and, and and with the cascading uh, ability not fixed like how we discussed. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm just I'm certainly like oh boy like this the story got. Uh, you know, super, super interesting. Cool. Uh, and yeah, the story. So, I mean, the story in general, uh, in this particular set has actually been pretty good. Uh, I've been pretty pleased with it. It's a little fast. Mm-hmm. Like things moved a little quickly, but it's weekly magic fiction. You're just kind of expecting that. Yeah, I mean, uh, hey, welcome back, magic story. I mean, right. it wasn't that long ago we were talking about. Something with a spark and a war, uh, yeah. some book or whatever. You may have heard about it. Yeah. Um, and and we had a set where there was no story, um, at least uh, outside of the cards. 
God for God forbid we can actually have cards developed where we can build a deck that tells the damn story that's happening in the set. You know that that's Scott. One, but that that's one <laughs> of the things I like about Nahiri the Harbinger is that that card alone tells a story, and there's enough cards in the set of Shadows of Over and Destroyed and Eldritch Moon, you can build a deck to tell that story. That would be cool if they did that, but now let's just jumble everything together and blah, blah, blah. Like, wouldn't it be cool if, like, you could play, like, Vornclex and now he's destroyed the World Tree or whatever, or taken the Elixir, or maybe play Tabalt uh, in your deck, but also have the cards to show where Valky is imprisoned and Tabalt has taken the sword. You know, and just play those moments out. Like, that would be so, cool. So they do manage to get the sword back. Okay. At least. Uh, so that does happen before Tybalt planeswalks away. They are able to get the sword back from him. How? Like, because uh, the uh, way the trailer was presented, it seemed like he left with the sword. So that's kind of... Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. That That's probably just for, you know, uh, effect. But uh, they were able to at least kind of get it away from him uh and then they are able to get it to the one the one that it was forged for uh halvar right yeah halvar yep yep and halvar is able to kind of set things right or whatnot uh and stop the doom scar because that's like the biggest thing like all these like portals are now opening you know all over you know the various you know over basically over Bredegard, which is the the, the central realm right. of Kaldheim, which is kind of like your Midgard yeah. or whatnot, and so all these portals are opening from uh, essentially from like the troll where the trolls are from, the ones the Draugr, uh, the uh, the one with all the demons, Emberstrom uh, has all the demons and whatnot, and so they're. Uh, that's all happening at this at the same time. Like all these like zombies and demons and trolls are invading, and then at some point the the Cosmo Serpent comes out of nowhere. Uh, Coma comes out of nowhere, uh, and then right behind Coma is literally the opening of the sky and the Valkyries. Nice. Like it's literally all happening all at once, uh, and Kaya manages to kill Varagoth. Uh, just because Kaya's a badass, you know, so she manages to kill him. Uh, uh, Arnie Broken Bro, Bo is like the badass, another badass. Uh, he had a story in this. Uh, they, they did it. So they didn't do just do like main story with this too. That was kind of nice. They did a couple like individual sub stories as well. Okay. Uh, and, they, and they did a story about Arnie, Arnie Broken Bo. And, like, that's actually really good because it kind of gives you a really good, uh, you know, indication of what his character's like, uh, which is kind of neat. But um, also, somebody pointed this out, and I, I want to mention this because it's on. It's all about. It's still about flavor uh, and whatnot. But somebody pointed out that the flavor text for all of the boast cards is, like, every one of them is, like, a quote from the character talking about some f- fun feat they did. Uh, or like something that they did that was that is boastful even right down to uh the dog where it's quote is ah woo you know <laughs> <laughs> and i'm just like wait a minute and yeah my my buddy nat who does a lot of the um editing for this kind of stuff cuz he works contract for wizards 
Okay. Uh, and he does a lot of the the editing stuff, uh, whatnot, and the um, editing he does. He said, yeah, he mentioned he's mentioned that before. He's like, he's like, I had a lot of fun with the um, the flavor text on these, uh, simply because. Um, the, uh, flavor text was just a lot of fun to read. Like, they're just all really super funny and interesting. You know, like, Arnie's used to know, I headbutted a troll and I won. You know, <laughs> and, you know, stuff like that. And so, yeah, it's, the, I've been pretty impressed with the story, uh, for this set. And I'm, I'm really thrilled, uh, that they ended it on that note. Like, that whole, like, note with, like, foreign clex and all that stuff. Like, it's just so well done. And I was just like, oh, oh, okay. This is where we're going. Oh, boy. It's kind of Look. a callback to uh, the, the the preview day where they officially started showing off previews where at the end of everything, the lights are going out on the set, the metal band's off the stage. And I was like, oh, here's Warren Clex. Right, yeah. and you're all just like, okay, how is this guy here? Like, right, yeah, and they don't, and they still didn't even. That's the best part; they didn't explain that part. It's boom tubes, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. like you know. That, that's, well, you the know. Specu- I think I think I'm back to the hard speculation that because it obviously wasn't Tybalt. Yeah, like I think we thought initially, oh, it was going to be Tybalt. No, it, it's not Tybalt. It's Dark it's, Side. Dark Side is taking over yeah. New Frontier, right? <laughs> it, uh, it's Tezzeret. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely Tezzeret. John, so John Travolta, Battlefield Earth, Tezzeret. Oh, no, let's not bring John Travolta in this. <laughs> Tezzeret is not a Scientologist. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite magic meme. Uh, he is not a Scientologist. Uh, I had one other, before we talk about other things, uh, uh, I did uh, have one other thing that I forgot to mention, uh, and I forgot to put it in the show notes, so oh. I just put it in the show notes. It's fine. Um, but, uh, Wizards finally found a secret lair that I want, I'm probably going to buy. Oh yeah. I was just reading about that today. All the cards yes. haven't been revealed yet, but there are yes. two that it have been. Yeah. So secret lair, black is magic. Yeah. Uh, I'm not as big of a fan of the name. Uh, I, I get it. Like I understand what, it, but I feel like they could have done something else that would have been not as like kind of cringy almost. I almost want to say like, it's, it's not cringy to like support like this kind of stuff but it's just a weird name right yeah the name is odd like uh but i i'm super on board with everything else about it uh this is a uh secret layer project to celebrate black history month uh it's going to be available for a pretty long time february 22nd through march 31st uh all of the proceeds are going to black girls code uh which is an organization that empowers girls of color in game design and other coding programs uh and it was also uh developed by part of the the uh big developing aspect of it that came around from it is uh a lady by the name of Jantel Layson Smith who is their first director of diversity equity and inclusion at Wizard Wizards of the Coast. And I'm and... glad I'm glad you mentioned that cuz I kind of want to segue briefly cuz we've talked on this particular podcast before about uh having Diverse voices within gaming, especially Magic the Gathering and even D&D. This is how you do it, folks. Yeah, this is you, great. You hire people of color, of 
uh, that essentially non-white people. You don't make elves no longer have plus two decks. You don't make dwarves <laughs> no longer have plus two con. Because, spoiler alert, the rules in Tasha's uh, Cauldron of Everything that nobody asked for, that rule, even though it's an option in a book and it's in a supplement, that's how Wizards is going to create NPCs and characters and campaigns and books going forward. They're not using PHP rules. They're using, ah, we'll put our stats everywhere type rules. That, that, that's the overcorrection, right? This hiring people of color in prominent and important and distinguished positions, that is what should have been done. Right. Like there's yeah, even great. there's even more of that going on. I don't know if you heard, but uh, the uh, writer for uh, I don't know if she's a writer or watchman because I've not watched the show, so I'm I'm sorry. But Stacy Oc uh, Kufor, I'm I probably butchered the hell of that name. Uh, responsible for uh, Watchmen as uh, the writer for Watchmen has right. been hired to write the uh, reboot of Blade for the MCU. So we have a woman of color who's writing a uh, the story for a movie of another uh, man of color superhero movie and, and Blade. So hell yes, more of this. Like I I can't like. So I finished the MCU recently, right? And there were two moments where I lost my shit. I needed like a minute, right? That was after watching Black Panther, and even a little bit during Civil War. But it's after watching Black Panther and after, of course, watching Endgame. Like, that that destroys me every time I watch it. Uh, like, losing uh, uh, Chadwick Boseman. Uh, just his importance and everything that we as society have been trying to do to make sure that there is equal representation. To make sure that uh, people's voices who have not been heard are being heard. And then him, unfortunately, losing his battle to cancer. Just so crushing but that there are others now picking up those pieces and going forward and creating content and and still driving that that need for these people and their voices to be heard and for that representation this is how you do it so this is seven <sighs> cards yes anyway back uh, back to black is magic yeah Super Lair. yeah come on sorry uh, <laughs> sorry yeah this is this is seven cards uh, yeah. They're all alternate art borderless cards. And they've all not uh, been revealed yet. There's only yeah, been we, two, right? We know two that have been revealed. Uh, the first one is a Shalai Voice of Plenty, uh, which looks great. Oh, yeah. Uh, now, I, my only criticism about that one is that it doesn't. the art makes it not look much like a white card or a, or a Selesnia card. But the art is really, really pretty. Oh yeah. Uh, so I'm going to give it, you know, okay on that one. Very, very uh, radiant with how yes, that card. Yes. Uh, and then the other one is ponder and this ponder is gorgeous. Right. I am just all in awe of this ponder. I, like, I, I love the callback to the, um, was it M11 or M10? Uh, yes. Ponder. Yes. The Dan Scott, the ponder. Dan Scott ponder. Yeah. 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 But it also has, uh, one of the characters from Ikoria, in it, which is uh, Riel, the Everwise, mm -hmm. uh, is depicted on there. And there's actually even a little story. Uh, if you go to the article that um, uh, Sydney wrote, Sydney Adams, who was the head design lead of the show of the set, um, if you go look at the um, the this article about designing this, 
she actually has a little story that involves Riel or whatnot. And it involves Riel and this little girl that she's tutoring or whatnot. Yeah, even oh. the flavor text is really just beautiful. It's yeah, It says, uh, will the future be brighter? Asked the girl. Riel smiled. I will teach you how to make it so. That's awesome. And I'm just like, ah. I'm like, man, this is, just gets me. Like, I'm just, I just, the art is just so good. Like, uh, these do come in both foil and non-foil. Good. Uh, they're going to be February 9th and 16th for more details, so they'll probably reveal more cards. Yeah. Then... Uh, foil set is fifty dollars. Uh, non foil set is forty dollars. Well, uh, but the proceeds quote, are quote going unquote, to right. There's no MSRP. Yeah. Well, no. They, I, I'm just messing. That's what they, that. Yeah, that's what they said. It's forty nine ninety nine for foil. I know. Thirty nine ninety nine for non foil. Yeah. Uh, but all the proceeds are going to this uh, uh, Black Girls Code. Uh, so, uh, e- each card is illustrated by a a black artist. Which again, uh, this and, is what we need. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just, I'm really excited about this. Not just from that standpoint, but like, I'm honestly probably going to get one just for the ponder. <laughs> yeah, I, I was looking like, at the, uh... <laughs> I saw that ponder and I said, okay, I don't care what else is in this set. I'm probably buying this for the ponder. Right. Put it in your, uh, like, like that's just put it in your cube. My cube. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm looking yep. at the article uh, titled designing black is magic to get blown up images and the the blown up in, image of uh, Shalai, like you can tell, this character really looking. is ready to fight. Like they they got their sword drawn, their shield ready, their stern look on the face, uh, you know, and and the light coming from the background looking very radiant. And then you see the the blown up version of Ponder, and yeah, it's a very uh, mentor and mentee moment, a teaching moment. Uh, oh man, God, these are so good. These are so good. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. Kudos I'm, I'm the so wizard. Excited. This is so wholesome. This is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I ended up following <sighs> the artist uh, on Twitter, uh, which is uh, her name is her nickname is Edge. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm just fantastic artist. I just I'm all in on this. Like, I just I can't even like how excited I am for this particular you know, I set. I hope like I, I, I and and seven cards for you know, especially in a foil set, seven cards for fifty dollars is already right. like pretty good. So I'm like, okay, like I can get behind it just on that alone. And uh, but I'm just like, on top of that, yeah, like, go ahead. Like, no, 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 that's okay. Like something I've noticed lately, and I'll get back and talk about the artist here in a moment. But as I've been going through stuff, because you know, I'll, I'll mention more about this later. Um, you know, I took apart um, my Maverick deck for Legacy that I just recently built, like a couple months ago or whatever. Because um, <laughs> uh, I, I can't can't afford these damn cards anymore. Um, at least to the point of Legacy, I have I have enough cards in Legacy decks that I'll be fine. I don't need to add anything new. They can literally just sit as is until we can start playing physical cards again in person. But, um. I was noticing as I was going through stuff, I'm like, wow, that card's been reprinted like three or four times in the last couple of years, and so is that. And so these secret layers, while it doesn't seem like that they're adding or helping the desires of the cards being reprinted, in a way they are. 
Like yeah, prior to I'm still not a I'm still not a fan of the 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 product line. Oh sure sure like, well I, I, like yeah. and that's just one example. But I mean prior to Corset 2021, we had what two copies of Ugin, one that was a pre-release special, and the one from Fate Reforged. But because of Corset 2021, there were like three or four other versions that entered the marketplace. So. Right. You know, with the things they're doing with Secret Layer and the special border treatments and, and all this, like, things and Double Masters and Collector's Boosters and all this other stuff, right? Like, it, it, the impact is starting to be felt. So, all right, I, I'll admit, I, I was a little wrong, a little. I mean, I'd still like to see, especially if standard sets, quote, standard sets, aren't being really developed as standard sets, but more as their premiere set, as in this is the new set, and cards can go anywhere in Magic, not just necessarily standard. Like, if you're going to do that, then use some of that reprint equity to throw in powerful, quote, modern cards into standard. That way you can get things going instead of us waiting to buy booster packs triple the normal price because there's two foils in them or whatever. Uh, But anyway, back to the artist for this magic is uh black is magic before we go on i hope and i'm sure it will be because of the recent hire that they did and and the things they are doing that aren't just upending rule systems because people think a dexter self is racist uh i hope with this particular step that they have taken that they are finding uh artists of color yeah and then incorporate them into their premier magic sets because one for those not in the know, uh, one of the things with artists, the more uh, an artist gets a card that is played or beloved in some level, whether it's standard, commander, whatever, the more attention that artist gets when we are able to go to live events and people go meet the artist and get cards signed. Like, like there is that exchange of like, oh, hey, this new Vorinclex is sweet. I'm going to go to that artist and get a print or an artist proof or have them sign it. So there, there is that um, not only social exchange, but also monetary exchange as well, which is a benefit to the artist beyond them just drawing, uh, making a card for magic. If that artist is given some draft chaff that, you know, no one really cares for, you know, the only, the only people who go after it are completionists who will get one of everything signed no matter what it is, right? So getting having this artist highlighted in Black is Magic and then taking that next step and, like, do a uh, one of our hot new mythics from this next premiere set, like, if that step is taken, look out. Because now, right. now we're finally doing stuff that we've been screaming for for last three, four, five years. Right. Yeah. I mean, hopefully they just give, you know, uh, Edge, you know, some more cards. Right. You know, and just have her do cards in the regular sets. Or Land Cycle. Like, Could you imagine right? doing the Land Cycle? That'd be sweet. Right. Yeah. Stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty interested in this. So, and yeah. I'm, again, I, and I'm, I'm one of the bigger critics of, of Secret Lair in general. I, do, I very much dislike the, the product line idea. I, I dislike how they're distributed. Uh, you know, I dislike, you know, a lot of stuff like that, Yeah. but honestly, like I'll, I'll buy this one. Like yeah, well, this is, this is the way to do it where they're doing, where it's done for charity 
and you right. know that sort of thing like yeah uh so um yeah i'm i'm excited about it for that purposes but also it seems like they chose to go with a route of keeping it up for longer uh i noticed that too uh that you know it's up it's going to be up from the 22nd all the way to into the end of march it's like almost like 45 days that this thing's going to be on wizard's website where you can buy one uh, and that's what I think they should be doing with these secret layers. Oh, yeah. Especially yeah. if they're going to be putting them out so often. It's like, right. all right, here's this secret layer. So the window will be open from when you're able to get the day one to even like a week before they announce the other one. That way they have time to preview it or give it to content creators or you know, blah, yeah. whatever. Put, right? put it up for at least a month. Yeah. Give us 30 yeah. days. Cool. If we want to buy one, cool. If not, whatever. Matter of fact. Right. Here, here's an idea. Here's a thought. Go back. I, I know they won't do it, but go back and make some of the other secret layers from last year available again for like a month for people to right. buy. I, I right. know they won't do it because the price will tank and people complain. And yeah, I don't and, know investors I, I, and you know I don't know, crap, but right? but yeah, I mean, not like a week. Yeah, you know, it's basically what I'm what I'm saying. Like, like that's been my biggest issue with it is, oh, this is only available for like a couple days to a week. That feels like, you know, you're preying on FOMO, which they are. Right. You know, they're and, preying... and set aside all the economic problems that everybody in the world has because of the pandemic. Even before all this, trying to budget something out for, oh, some extra thing may come out this week that I may want to get, so I have to not spend my money or pay my bills or whatever. Right. Just so I can get in on it. Yeah. Like now, now, now they are not. From what I understand, they are giving you the option to charge. I think immediately, or they're giving you the option to charge when it ships. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would charge immediately, and then have the receipt or, or or have a note of it somewhere. That way, God forbid, if anything were to happen, you you have that data and be like, hey, this is my thing my here's my order number the date whatever you know if you get the cards and they're bent or whatever and that way they they can replace it within that window or whatever but right yeah i just i know that that's an option that they they've built in now where you, you can have it you know shipped when it when it finally ships because that's been like some of the other issues is that some some of the the ones have had problems shipping oh yeah some were taking what two three months if not longer yeah, yeah. the ship now now, don't get me wrong, the, the whole charge me when you ship it is okay. Like, I do that with my Masterpiece Transformers. Uh, it, it still drives me nuts because it's like, all right, well, the credit card I have it on, the bill's about to hit, so the available credit is going to be smaller. Even though it may cover it, it'll be then smaller still. And that, that always makes me nervous, right? I, I, I wish uh, the company I go through didn't do that, but, I mean, that's their policy. I, I'm obviously not going to be able to change it. Um but, you know, and with the way things are now with getting shipments, especially from a product that's made overseas, uh, you know, the delay in that uh, just kind of uh, adds on to that, that, that problem, that anxiety. So it's cool that they're like, cool, I want this now. Yes, I will now pay for it and I will wait for the product to ship. Kudos to Wizards. Uh, so that's about all I have on that. Uh, now you mentioned you wanted to talk, you just wanted to do your segment real quick. Well, actually, I I want to touch on modern for a moment because Tybalt isn't really the only thing that's impacting modern. There's some elves going on, Joe. 
Oh boy. Yeah, like uh, first Elvish Warmaster from uh, from Kaldheim, one green uh, for a two-two Elf Warrior. Whenever one or more uh, other elves enters the battlefield under your control, create a one-one green Elf Warrior creature token. You can only do that once each turn, so you can do it on your turn. Then maybe uh, cast Three's Company uh, and get two more elves, which will give you another token. Uh, this is really cool with Heritage Druid. Because then you could tap three mana and play another elf or whatever. But right. you, can, you can also pay five and two green. Elves you control get plus two, plus two, and gain death touch until on a turn. So no, it's not trample, but your opponent's not going to want to block and have an empty board, and then you swing alpha strike again the next turn with whatever you have left. It's just not going to happen. So this is kind of going along with uh, Dwinan's Elite from Origins, that kind of has the same, uh, that comes in with an elf warrior token as long as you control another elf. Um, and it's kind of pushed Elvish Clan Caller from one of the recent core sets out. So that's kind of interesting. Um, another card uh, is one that everybody kind of already knows about or should is Realm Walker. Uh, yeah. Two and a green for two, three shapeshifter or changeling. Uh, it's any creature type. Uh, when when it comes into the ba- or when it comes to the battlefield, you choose a creature type. Sorry, so you choose elf. You may look at the top card of your library anytime, and you may cast creature spells of the chosen type from the top of your library. So, if you have a way to draw a card or manipulate the top of your library, uh, oh, that's a land. Well, I can't do anything with that. Let me maybe fetch or whatever, and that, or may play an elvish visionary to draw that card. Oh, there's an elf. Now I can play that. So you can kind of start cycling through your deck quicker. Uh, and then there's Tyvar Kel, uh, the four mana planeswalker. Two and two green. Stack ability of elves you control have tap add black. Three loyalty. Uh, he's got the first ability of plus one, plus one, plus one, plus one counter on up to one target creature elf. Untap it. It gains death touch until end of turn. I think the main ability he's being used for is the zero mana ability, which gives it a one, one. Uh, elf warrior token now uh, that combos with elvish warmaster because it says whenever one or more elves enter the battlefield doesn't mean cast so your token enters in triggers warmaster so you can kind of get two tokens uh, off that and then of course you have the minus six and it doesn't matter at that point your opponent's dead um so these are cards being added to modern golgari elves to kind of boost that deck up a little bit uh, people are putting up really good results. Uh, they're even able to incorporate some other cards in the sideboard that are helping against certain matchups, like your scavenging ooses, your um, collector oofs, uh, things like that. So it's interesting to see this deck evolve, even amidst all the chaos of Tabalt, his trickery, and whatnot. So uh, keep an eye out for that in modern. Uh, but yeah, anyway. So reserve list or I mean I don't I don't know what you were play, your plan was for this. So uh, or, what, my or... my thing is it's kind of a joke because the the reserve what what has happened? Gather around everybody. Grandpa MTG Pagfoil's got a story. So Pokemon right has exploded. Yeah, like a lot lot of the original print run of Pokemon cards are more than Magic the Gathering reserve list cards. So, quote, investors, end quote, uh, now that they've sold all their GameStop stock, uh, well, 
now these Pokemon cards are too expensive for me. What other collectible can I now waste all this money on to then try and make more money by doing zero work? Um, and now they're turning turn to magic, and reserve list cards are just spiking through the roof. Like, right oh, now. Everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. It doesn't even matter what the card does. Yeah. It doesn't no. even matter if it sees play. They're just spiking because it's like, I gotta have this, because if not, it's gonna spike and I can't get it. Because uh, if I buy it, then when it does spike, I can sell it and make money with doing zero work. So it's just this whole feeding frenzy. It's just going nuts. And it's, it's really to the point where I'm just like, screw it. Ban all reserve card or reserve list cards from Commander. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> just, just yeet them out of here. Now, I know if they were to do that, then uh, Fetchlands would uh, spike and Shocks would spike and everything else because people want to have. I, I'm going to absorb all these staples in Commander to jack up the price so I can make money by again doing zero work. Um, so, anyway, enough about all that. But because I've been seeing this and seeing the prices spike, I just kind of want to poke fun at it a little bit by having a segment where I give you a price of something and you tell me if it's the price of a reserve list card or if it's not. Okay. All right. You ready? Uh, yeah, sure. We'll, we'll, we'll start off with um, we'll start off with a low low dollar amount, right? Three ninety nine ninety five. Reserve list card or not? Correct. That's the price of an arcade one-up Street Fighter classic three-in-one arcade home arcade game. <laughs> You've probably seen these at Walmart or whatever, right? Okay. All right. So let's see here. Here, here's one. Nine hundred eighty-three dollars and fifty cent. Reserve list card. Correct. That's Volcanic Island from the reserve list or from uh, revised. Which is the reserve list, kind of. Um, hmm. $799. Hey, good job. Three in a row. Uh, this is a <laughs> Samsung 30 and 5 burners, uh, 5.8 cubit foot uh, self cleaning freestanding stove. <laughs> uh, let's see here. What else What else can we find? Last one. Uh, uh, last one. $1,272.47. Card. Yep, it's Underground C from Revised. So, like, just comparing prices for other things that we buy that we get enjoyment out of being video games or things we need, like a stove and reserveless mana cards, like uh, uh, dual lands. Like, this is stupid. Like, what, what are we doing? Like, you don't need an Underground C for your Commander deck. I'm sorry, you just don't. So, all the Michael Screllies out there that are buying these cards, like let them rot. Like if if we cut the, if we cut the demand off, if we're like, nope, we don't need that. If we just collectively do it, then the supply will stop being dried up, and the price of those cards will evaporate, and those people will lose money, because no one will want it, no one's buying it. Like, there was even a point where one of the stores local to us, uh, this is years ago, I, I don't know if they, I don't know if they went back on a little bit or whatever, but they really stopped carrying, uh, showcasing really any of their reserve list cards because they didn't move. Yeah. They, they just sat on the shelf. They focused on other cards. 
uh, and other product in their store because they didn't, didn't carry just magic. They're they're one of the few stores, and a lot of our stores really in the area have done well in surviving everything over recent years because they don't just carry magic cards. Um, but yeah, like, it just it, it's to the point where I'm peeling back. Like, the only reserve list cards I have are my LEDs and Dredge, which didn't sell when I put them up. So I'm like, all right, I'll keep it. My Vulcan two Tundras and uh, my blue white or Missouri space control deck in Legacy. And uh, what else? There has to be something else. Hell, that. Oh, no, the City of Traders. You, I was going to say, didn't you sell. I thought you sold. Um, did you sell the duels from your Maverick deck? Uh, I, I did sell the unsigned ones. I have a couple bayous that I have not okay. uh, sold yet. So. Uh, that'll probably come up maybe Monday. I, I've got no, and that's the thing. I've got no bites on stuff, and I get it. Like, you know, I'm putting things up. I'm like, all right, what's the price of these? Bring it down for condition. Bring it down another step to try and sell it, and you know, lowball myself a little bit, and put out the price and crickets. Like, okay, I get it. People are not wanting to spend that money right now. Where like Yeah, I think that's mostly it is people yeah. don't want to spend people are just don't want to buy really buy into the hype. Right. And and, uh, and not not to that level. Like if I were to sell like a playset of signed rift bolts, I'm just gonna throw something out there. That that would have been gone already. I would have already mailed that and been out. Right. Or um, maybe even Force of Wills probably would have went, or if I sold like one Force of Will, it probably would have already went, maybe. Yeah, um, maybe. Yeah. So you know, it's just people are wanting to spend money. They're just not wanting to spend money in a giant chunk. They would have, like, two years ago. No problem. Right. Um, like, I, I had the one Mox Diamond. I was trying to build back up to a playset. Sold it. Yeah. Like, I just, you know, I, I can't. And, you know, uh, and I, I've i even thought about, what if I got rid of my reserve list cards? What if I took Dredge and made it manaless Dredge? And that's kind of where I stopped myself, like, trying to look up data on legacy manless dredge and it's like almost non-existent uh yeah pretty the, much the deck's nowhere near explosive enough to compete in the meta um and i'm like this looks neat it looks like it'd be fun to play but it's not the the power level of led dredge so i'm like nope can't can't do it um you know if it was uh if it was even like a tier two and a half i oh, i hate using that labeling uh i i probably would have considered like selling my reserve list cards getting shocks for replacement for duels in my decks and there we go and just playing literal no reserve list card legacy uh just because I, I i would only play at friday night magic or on the rare occasion when we can do it again go to eternal weekend for a weekend and just just play that way but yeah it's it, when it gets to the point where a playset of uh, of a dual land could be used as a down payment for a used car. We really have to sit back and think why why do we allow this to get this way? Do we really need it? it are we really like saying the supply equals demand and and, and all all this rhetoric about that stuff? Or can we just like mm, I'll put in a watery grave. There we go. I got my blue black dual. I'm good. Right. So. We do it to ourselves, man. We do it to ourselves. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what the answer is to all this, but I, I definitely am aware of the fact that 
it kind of is, it kind of stinks. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yay, yay, reserve those cards. Um, yeah. I, I am more than likely, uh, to be, uh, just borrowing stuff. Uh, at, basically, I mean, that's just what it boils down to. Oh yeah. And, so and, uh, to, to those watching at home, stop, stop screaming proxies in chat and all that stuff to, to cover reserve list cards. Again, you do not need an underground C for your commander deck. And if you, even if you make a proxy correctly, not giving money to China to, to get a quote unquote proxy, even though it looks like a real magic card, um, which winds up getting sold to a store that may be in a state south of us and put on a marketplace website that I happen to buy a copy of and get sent in the mail and now I have a counterfeit card. Um, <laughs> bring up a sore subject from last summer. Um, yeah. Anywho, uh, yeah. If if your if your thing is well, I'll just proxy it. No, stop. Because then you'll proxy everything. Then you won't buy cards. Counterpoint: normalized proxies. And, <laughs> and, and to to that, I will meet in the middle and say, if you are in your home, yes. Going to a store that, like you mentioned, um, there's there's nobody going to stores right now, Scott. Well, I I know right now, right now. Yeah. But I'm talking about when we can. Yeah. Like, I, I understand our local desire to play Legacy and the having proxy, proxies or proxies available so we can at least have eight people register. But there's Wizards of the Coast looking down like the Eye of Sauron. Yeah, I don't... Like I, I don't... So, here's, here's my thought on that. Yeah. So, my thought on that is that when we get back to the concept of paper magic. Okay. I have a feeling that when we can start hosting like small FNMs and stuff like that, again, I have a feeling wizards is not going to care. They're going to be happy that people are in stores. Yeah, but they could change that at any time. They could, but I don't think that that's going to happen. Right. Uh, I, I have a real feeling that we're just going to be, they're just going to be like, I I don't feel like that they're not gonna know, right? And and there there's a big difference, and we've talked a little bit about this during the the course of our podcast. There's a big difference between like the the decks our buddy Warren sends out to us as gifts for Christmas that are obvious proxies of old school uh, format decks, uh, the proxy decks that you have made for us to play Legacy. Like the texture, feel, the look, you are definitely not trying to duplicate a card that is currently in stock at the store. And and that that I I can meet I could I could be okay meeting in the middle there, right? Right, right. But you know anything that even looks remotely like the card in question, uh, you know obviously just a Xerox black and white copy, sure whatever, right? Like I, I'm I'm not. Whatever, I'm not going to search someone for that. But anything that looks like a color copy facsimile of a real card, it's like, all right, stop. Like, come on. Yeah, like, I, I, I'm a big fan of normalizing proxies myself, though. So, like I said, I, I get it. But there, there's yeah. a Pandora's box. There, there's a, th- uh, just like Tibalt's trickery. P- 
people will push it as far as they can push it until it breaks and then push it again. Yeah. And something like that can happen with, quote, normalizing proxy. I think that it's a lot less than that, personally. But, yeah, yeah. I I, I, I just don't want it to become that. that that's yeah, my thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't blame you. Yeah, I, you know, I don't, I don't blame you. I just, I don't think it goes to that level really that, that hard. Uh, especially at a local level. Like, and especially for, especially for formats like Legacy. Right. Like, and, and hell, to be honest, if all, else, if all else fails, like, if, if there's a hard no... Because it, it happened before with us. Um, if there's a hard no in this, where we are not allowed, and it, it comes from Watsi, or it comes from the store to make sure it doesn't come from Watsi again, then so I I think what happened there, uh, yeah. and I have I have a lot of theories on that. Uh, I think part of what happened there is the fact that the store um, in question. Uh, accidentally published a result. Oh, I think that's more like more what happened. Is gotcha. that is that the store published a result, and then what happened was is not only was a result published, but also a um there was a night that they put people on camera. Uh, because yeah. they were streaming events, they put people on camera yep. playing Proxy Legacy. Yeah. And I think that was basically what it boiled down to. Like, oh, proxy there people played proxy legacy on camera. Oh boy. Like now the Pandora's yeah. box is open, you know, somebody can see that. Because the events that they went after, really, the ones the ones that they went after that caused that whole that whole hubbub. Yeah. Or whatnot. There was this whole big hubbub. People don't really remember it and maybe maybe don't remember it, but there was this whole big hubbub about proxy events and whatnot and that like people got really upset about proxy events for a, a little bit there because for because there was some hubbub about wizards going out and stopping people from playing them and it wasn't that they were stopping people from playing is that they were stopping events that had a lot of prizing like big events that were planning on streaming them that right. were planning on giving away a lot of cash prizes. And some of these events were like some of the prizes were for real cards. Right. So people could stop using the proxy and use the real card. Yeah. And that's, and that's fine, but that's, they were, they were big events. Right. Yeah. None of it was at our store in question. Right. Yeah. And it was, and it's not only that it's big events that are also combined with the fact that uh, there was bigger prizes. Yeah, and you have to all, and so you also have to take that into account. But also, like at an FNM level, where the prizes store credit, whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah, and, and I get it. Like from their standpoint, they could not do uh, allow this and disallow that. They had to have a zero tolerance. Uh, a Jewish space laser across the board yeah. for all of it. I get it. Yeah. Um, and that, and that's, that's obnoxious. I, I didn't think that was necessary. Yeah. I, like, I guess I, 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 from what we've done, I understand your point, but I've also seen, uh, not necessarily the store in question, but another store where for commander, uh, it's like, Hey, let's all get together and play commander. Cool. Roll in. And it's like, Airbase proxied reserve list cards, but not like 
not your level proxy, China level proxy. And it's like, mm, no, nah, I'll stay home. Thanks. Like I, I, I don't play reserve list cards in commander. Uh, cause again, I, I don't, I yeah. personally don't think they're needed. Um, I don't mind. I don't, I, again, I, I don't mind if you're, well, and okay. I, I get where you're coming from on the standpoint of not in stores. Yeah. Uh, for formats like commander because yeah. it's, because yeah, I, I do agree that it's a format where you don't absolutely need it. Like I, I agree with that. Like I don't, you don't need proxies for commander, but to like enable players to play, pro, you know, things like vintage and like legacy. Right. At, at least in legacy, you're able, like, I think there was one time uh, when we were doing this, I got, uh, I think it was Tez Raider from you back when, yeah. Tez Ra- back before Urza was a, a card. Right. And uh, my opponent uh, borrowed a deck from you that had, I think it was Cyclone in it mm. or something. Something that did, it was real good against my deck. And it was just funny that th- they both matched up, right? Right. Um, so like that, that was cool. That was fun. But the, the purpose of having from, from what I see purpose of having a, uh, a legacy proxy event in the store and where the prize is store credit is that eventually you will com- combine your cash money with your store credit to buy said reserved list card that you don't yeah. have because you, you've played the proxy deck for three or four weeks and like, Oh, Hey, I really like this deck. It's fun. I've done well with it. I've, I've practiced with it enough to where I'm confident to make this purchase. Well, now you have $1,200 dual lands. So, like, it, it, I understand the need and desire to play Legacy, but, like, the end goal, like, is that really going to be there? Like, Yeah, I have a feeling that at that case, you're, what you're going to end up seeing is you're going to end up seeing more player-ran, uh, more community-oriented uh, events like that that are going to be, like either have a deal with the store or whatnot. Maybe it's just cash entry, cash out or whatnot. Yeah. You know, and it's just going to be players running it. It's yeah, not going like, to be ran by the store, but the store will, you know, say, yeah, you guys can use the space as long as there's, you know. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're literally renting the space. We're, yeah. we're buying drinks and snacks and whatever, or maybe we're getting food at the restaurant next door, or whatever. Right. We're contributing right positively to that general area where we're playing for three, four, five, eight, sixteen hours, whatever. Um, and uh, there's a deal like, all right, no streaming, this is not even gonna be not sanctioned. You know, there's we don't have to worry about the results or whatever. You all are just casually playing for the love of the game and you do your own pairings or whatever. Like not even using were that way there's no misclick of submitting results or nothing like that, right? Yeah, so I, I, I can see something like that. But if there is a literal hard no, then it's just going to be like, hey, let's just everybody get eight people together on a Sunday and jam Legacy all after. Right. We'll, they'll find, you'll find something. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, people will, people will find a way to, you know, play the game, you know, with their friends or whatnot, you know, and that's just what it'll be. It'll be, hey, you know, you guys want to get together at a bar. You know, and we'll, and we'll have ourselves a legacy, you know, a, a throwdown legacy event. Right. You know, and it'll be, you know, five buck entry, you know, and that's it. Like, you know, and cash prizes to, you know, top four or whatnot. Something. Yeah. So I, I suspect that's what it'll boil down to. Uh, and that's fine. Like, I think that's great for like paper legacy uh, and everybody and everybody could like. 
Okay, so what I'm basically saying here is we're going to have more stuff like um, what Rob Wilson runs, which is the Buffalo Chicken Dip uh, That's what I thought you were referencing. Yeah. yeah I've never yeah. been to an, this event yeah, or met the guys. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, now, his events are a little bit more, uh, they're a little pricier because he generally gives, like, good prizes. Uh, but they're also all completely player run. run. Like, right, he's, see, he's the, the thing, one though. running it. The store is just giving him... The, the you know, space. which is the space, which is Comic Town, which is their a huge store, anyways. Right. So, well, did when he was giving out prizes, were any of them actually like dual lands from yeah. revised? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Top how's, four, top four was dual lands. How's he going to do that now when like an underground sea is like eight million dollars? It, it uh, just it just went up. I just checked. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know <sighs> what's going to happen there, but uh, yeah, I mean, I know that that's what he's been doing has been giving. Uh, these uh, reserveless cards or whatnot. Yeah, what so. what's crazy though with with this reserveless talk that we're talking that we're mentioning right now is that there's something else going on that no one has talked about. Uh, and, and I, I'm sure no one's talking about because it's just kind of a natural progression of just things. Um, oh well, the the incorrect pricing was taken down, so I, I maybe 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 there's hope. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling that foils are next. Uh, uh, yeah, or, any or any reserve foils. any reserveless card that has a foil printing, or or e- even any just uh, original foil. Like um, there was a printing or there was a pricing on TCG Player for Wooded Foothills uh, from Onslaught, the the foil version, where someone had listed a copy for over twenty three hundred dollars, and caused uh. the listed median to spike to over $1,800, because there's only a few copies uh, available. I don't even think any are near mint. Like, they're all light or mod play. Or, no, there is one. Oh, there it is. It's still here. The There's a near mint for, I'm sorry, $3,412.01 for a near mint foil copy of Foil Wood Foothills from Onslaught. Now, looking at that number and looking at everything else, I'm sorry, there's no way that's like a mistype. You know, that to me, that, that tells me something purposeful was done to try and artificially inflate the price of this card. And I, I have a feeling that within a month, two months, especially if uh, stimulus checks start rolling out for the remainder of the two grand we were promised uh, pri- prior to the election that we did not get, uh, if those start rolling out, uh, those could be next. So... As someone who collects and plays exclusively with original pack foils, uh, needless to say, I'm a little worried um, that things I was putting off as projects to save up for and do later now have to move to the front of the line to avoid the Martin Screllies of the world of getting their grubby ass hands on them. And it's crap. These are game pieces, man. These are game pieces. What the hell? And yes, I know, I don't have to play foils, but like my shtick to be different and stand out in the community is to play foils. It's in my name, MTG Pack Foils. Like, I, I, I was trying to build a brand off that, whatever, right? It, it just, it is what it is. Uh, you know, locally, I kind of have that shtick, that brand, right? So it, it kind of worked, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, anyway. I don't, yeah, anyway. 
so. so I think that's all we have to say about that. Um, so, yeah. uh, WandaVision. Yeah, so spoiler alert. Uh, we're going to talk about the recent episode of WandaVision. We're going to make it brief, uh, though. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, we'll it's just one episode. Unlike last week, we're two episodes. So, yeah, we'll make it brief. So, if you don't want to hear about it, uh, go ahead and skip ahead to the end or whatever. And thank you for listening. We appreciate you. Anyway, right. Joe, take uh, it away. So, yeah, uh, this week was actually pretty interesting. Holy uh, Yeah, I was I was pretty surprised at how good this week was. Um, very I'm, surprised. Yeah. I'm glad they did it. Like I was, I was hoping they would do the mix of inside and outside of quote the hex, which I dig how they're calling it that as a nod back to her comic book powers of hexing people. Right. So awesome. Yeah. I, I, I dug that too. So, um, yeah, I, it's pretty, pretty interesting, uh, what they're doing here with, Wanda with Wanda and uh, Vision starting to finally figure out that something's not right. You know that there's definitely something wrong with Westview. Uh, that's part. That part's pretty cool. And uh, seems like like if you look back at the previous episodes, that he's not really unlike the other citizens in Westview. Right. He's not been controlled. He's been the one that's had like a bit of free will, so to speak. Right. Um, and now he, he's picking up on clues, just like any type of an analytical synthesoid probably would. It's trying to computate what's happening and understand everything. And, and he's scared. Right. Like, he's not angry, which I thought was really cool, because usually in a husband-wife dynamic on a sitcom, if one's upset, there's an anger in it. And he's yelling because he's scared. Right. And I'm like, that that's really cool. That's really progressive. Something mm. that a lot of people didn't pick up on. But right. yeah. Very this episode is very family ties, uh full house. Oh god, yeah. Um uh growing pains type of uh, uh literally growing pains because uh Tommy and Billy were growing up in front of our eyes. Yes, l- literally. Like they actually yeah. appear to seem to have the ability to age themselves. Yeah. Is which is like at will, yeah. Like at one point, like so. There's like this whole subplot with them having a dog or whatnot, and uh, you know they're like, ah, "We think you guys are too young to care for the dog," so they go from being five years old to ten years old, right? And, and then, then later the dog, on, the dog dies. Dies, so, yeah. So like, and, let, let's not be ten, let's be fifteen. And Wanda's like, "Whoa, whoa, hold on." <laughs> yeah, but that's like my we. So we were sitting there watching it this morning, and. Uh, like that we got to that part and, and my wife was like, yeah, but that's not what you're doing, Wanda. Like, yeah, right. she, cause she was trying to basically like impart upon them that, oh, you know, you should, you know, work through your grief and you know, this, you know, you should not, you know, just run away from it. And we're like, but isn't that what you're doing? Right. Like, seems so hypocritical. Wait there. a minute. And, like, and now maybe she's telling herself. Right. Cause that scene happened after the sword agents were trying to get in. Like, right. Um, Monica Rambeau figured out that the clothes that she wore during the 60s, 70s episode stayed the same. And she's like, what if we put something in there that didn't need to change? And right. the, the first thing was an email because the company that Vision works for started getting email because that was a whole mid to late 80s thing. Right. So that didn't need to change. Uh, the second thing was a drone created 
uh, using 80s technology. So they had to use essentially like an Atari joystick to control it. It felt very 80s, black and white imagery and stuff. Wanda right. destroyed it. And then she took the destroyed drone back out of the hex, threw it at uh, the, the sword agent running everything. Uh, everybody, uh, um, Monica's trying to talk to her to reason with her. She wants none of it, pulls her daddy Magneto trick, and with her telepathy has all the sword agents point their rifles at the head of the, the sword bunker here and then walks back into the hex. Right. So uh, that was kind of like a, a badass villain moment. Um, but in the email, Vision saw the, the email, like, oh, from Sword Agent and everything okay, and this, like, communique. And his co-worker's like, oh, this is so funny. Like, how am I going to send an email with a stamp? Like, they're trying to figure out what to do with, with email because it's all new. Like, he even right. pulled out a letter opener at one point, which is kind of funny. Right. Um, but then Vision's like, hey, wait a minute, let me get inside your mind. So he, like, does, like, this whole Vulcan-looking thing. Uh, and suddenly his co-workers no longer attached to Wanda or whoever is controlling all this. And he's like, holy crap, where am I? Uh, I gotta get to my wife. I gotta call her. Blah, blah, blah. And then he has to zap him back into the, quote, new reality. So he doesn't, like, have a panic attack or whatever. And so there, there's a lot of things going on. Like um, uh, Agnes coming over right when she was needed because... They were having trouble putting the babies to sleep. Right. And she forgot her line and had a moment like, uh... Should we, should we start from the top? Should, yeah, like... should, should we start from the top? And Wanda's like, huh? What? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you, you can watch the kids. And Vision's like, um, what the hell just happened? Right. So, like, there, there's things happening. And then the reaction from an observer point of view, and that being Vision, and then people who are glitching out of this reality right? And, and, and glitching back in. That's why when looking at it from Darcy's point of view, when they're in the sword bunker, we see all these jump cuts during scenes. Right, yes. So, yeah, that's, that's something that was really big. Yeah. Um, so. There's also, um, well, Darcy called it called the field a hex because of the hex, uh, hexagonal shapes, which I, I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, there's also some tension between Monica and Captain Marvel that was kind of played on a little bit in dialogue. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, and I don't know if there's some resentment that Carol wasn't there for uh, for Monica's mother uh, when she was passing away from cancer. Yeah, um, not really or, well known. Yeah, because uh, we need to keep in mind, because I just, I just finished my rewatch of the MCU. Uh, we need to keep in mind a couple things. One, uh, uh, Wanda's powers come from the experiments done with the Mind Stone. Right. Uh, and then Carol's powers came from the explosion from the, uh, the Space Stone or the Tesseract. Right. And if the powers in, themselves are in any way related to the quantum, the energies in the quantum realm, then this is going to explain mutants because Janet from Ant-Man the Wasp was within was in the quantum zone so long that she has evolved. And that's why she was able to heal Ghost uh, when she got out. So that could explain, uh, you know, she had she had the kids. Wanda did. Right. Tommy and Billy. 
and uh, I, I think it's Wiccan that probably was able to grow them uh, using some of the, the reality warping powers. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever sounds, that's going sounds on. Sounds about so, right, yeah. So we, we have mutants. Like, they, they haven't gone out and said it, but we essentially have mutants. Like, this right. is it's just what it is right now. Um, and, and speaking of which, like, Wanda and Vision are having an argument. I thought it was cool where the credits were rolling. Like, Wanda's <laughs> like, I'm done with you, credits! Yeah, yeah that and, was like, like her way of, of, yeah, stopping him from having the argument. Right, and then he keeps going, and before he leaves the room to go into the living room, the, the credits break. Right. Uh, and then he exits the room and, and is changed back into his normal vision appearance. Uh, and then they have that argument, which is broken up by the doorbell ringing. Right. And it's Pietro, but not the one from <laughs> Age of Ultron. So that, that had the best, the best line of all time in that regards. And it was uh, Darcy going, holy cow, she recast Pietro? Yeah. <laughs> so was, that, that's why Jimmy and Darcy, like their, their dynamic and the things they add to the show are just perfect. Right. Uh, just the level of goofiness. It's so great. Uh, but yeah, th- this is um, uh, Evan Peters, I believe is the actor's name. Yes. From the uh, Fox X-Men movies. Uh, where, because remember, Disney got the rights to the X-Men, or Marvel, through Disney, got the rights to the X-Men back, leaving Fox with nothing but uh, bigotry and lies on their news network uh, and their terrible sports. Um, but uh, we have Evan Peters now portraying Pietro Quicksilver, or is he? Right, yeah. I know, there's a lot of, a lot of speculation there. Yeah, like, there's rumor that a, quote, Luke Skywalker at the end of Mandalorian-esque cameo is going to happen during this last part of the WandaVision series. That rumor came out before this past episode. Right. So everybody's like, well, here it is. And it's like, "Mm, not not really, because if you we're paying attention the episode that Wanda or that uh, Monica was yeeted out of the hex. Pietro was mentioned and he died, uh, uh, died to the hands of Ultron. And that's when Wanda's like, who the hell are you? Get out of here. So like, eventually this was going to happen. Um, what some speculation is, is either a is proof that the multiverse is cracked and here he is. But that wouldn't make sense because how, well, how would he know to be there at the right time? Like Agnes is always there right. at the right time. So the other uh, theory is that this is Mephisto. Yeah. Who reali- who has, who has saw um, Wanda manipulating reality and thought, hmm, I want a piece of that. And right. is either... Has either taken taken control of her mind to do all this, or is somehow adding on or enabling it in some way. Like uh, during the episode, they even showed a briefing with security footage where Wanda broke into a sword facility and stole Vision's body. Which on the security camera, Vision's body was dismembered. All the different pieces were laying uh, across the room, which we all thought that was how this happened anyway and allegedly this was supposed to be an end credit scene for endgame and i'm glad they didn't do it because the tone of endgame would have went completely different 
if we would have seen that. So, um, so yeah, kudos to how all this is building up and being explained as we go along. And, you know, we're not sure if Wanda is really the villain or if she is the villain. Um, I, I feel that she is being manipulated in some way. There's even rumor that this is going to lead up to her beating, being the villain in uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, where, I, I don't think so. I, I think that's unlikely. I, I do too. I, I don't think you can have a two and a half hour long Marvel movie where Doctor Strange is trying to uh, help Wanda fix everything. Right. I, I, I don't think it's that. I, I think there's going to be some villain behind it. And maybe in this we'll see that the villain behind it is Mephisto and he'll be the villain uh, or Nightmare or somebody on that Doctor Strange level to where now they have to go. He has to combat Wanda to break her of that link. And then that's the midpoint of the movie. And then uh, the rest of the movie is them fighting off the villain to fix whatever. But So I, I think what's I think I think we're going to see. I, I still think what we're what's going to happen is I think we're still going to see um, Doctor Strange at the end of the series. At the end of the series, I, I do too. Although I would like to see Magneto come in and, and yeah. try and rescue Wanda, but I, I don't think that's, that's going to be the case. I think we're going to see. I think it's going to be um, Doctor Strange. Yeah, yeah, we're going to see him. He's going to show up because he's likely the only person that can seriously take on Wanda. Right. Uh, and actually keep her, you know, sane, you know, and help her. So, yeah, I feel I have a feeling we're going to see see him. Uh, and I think that's going to be a thing that's going to happen. Uh, whether or not it's, you know, officially a thing is going to happen, you know, is another story. But, yeah, right. I, th- I think that's going to be the thing that we're going to see. So, yeah, because next week. Uh, I believe episode six, right? Uh, uh yes. Next yeah. week would be episode six. Yeah. Um, next week we'll we should be in the very late eighties or nineties, uh, and this should be the Halloween episode that we've seen little clips for. Yes. Where uh, Vision and, and uh, Wanda are dressed in their Halloween costumes, like their comic book representations. Um, so that'd be kind of neat. But then that's where you see Vision using his kind of Vulcan-like power or whatever. Right. That's what, that's what reminds me of, like the Star Trek Vulcan mind meld or whatever. Right. And he touches Agnes, and she's like, aren't you supposed to be dead? Right. Um, there, there's like that part that's been in trailers and clips or whatever. Uh, so I'm, I'm thinking that she's a victim of all this, but how she got here or who her connection is with everything, her hell. Who her husband Ralph is that yeah. we've not seen. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Um, we, we might get more information on that. Uh, and then there's a, another in the trailers that have been out uh, that are helping promote it. And we'll probably see some, especially during the Super Bowl, because I'm sure they'll push this Black Widow and Shang-Chi. Or Shang-Chi. I'm, Shang-Chi. Whatever. Yeah, thank you. Anyway. Yeah. But I'm sure there'll be trailers for those movies. Uh, in uh, Super Bowl tomorrow. Anyway. Yeah, so I'm there's, sure. There's one where Vision is uh, trying to break through the hex to see what's on the outside of Westview. Mm. So I, I think we'll get some of that. And it'll be interesting to see if if he does come out 
if he'll be how he is inside the hex. Right. Because if so, that would make sense because Wanda created this. He should appear that way on the outside. I've even, I think there's even a scene where they are in their Avengers outfits fighting something. Yeah. I don't know if it's fighting the things that have come in that have been able to figure out a way to not be changed with the hex or right. or that they're at a uh in the sitcom realm they're at an era to where there won't be a change if something comes in right they're thinking about trying to find an engineer to build something to get in so people are like oh, reed richards uh victor von doom <gasps> yeah i so i i think that's unlikely yeah same um it's too early well okay we already know we're getting a fantastic four movie we do um, so that's something we know is happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, uh, I think we already mentioned the fantastic four in this series. Uh, and, uh, it's because, yes, I, I believe it has happened already, uh, that we have already heard. Them oh, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. With the, uh, astronauts that have kind of gone missing. R- right. Yeah. Well, well, no, no. I was saying the astronauts that have kind of, after coming back from the blip, we're like, nope, don't want to do this. No, then, no, no, no. Um, there is a line reference from um, Hayward uh, mm-hmm. when he's talking to Rambo about not sending her up to space. And he very clearly mentions that he's got a group of uh, astronauts that still haven't come back from a mission. Oh, I miss that. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. wow. So it's like, okay. oh, Okay, that's sort of amusing. Speaking of uh, things people have forgotten about, remember Jimmy and the FBI were there because of a missing person. Right. And it it and the dialogue indicates that it's a male person that's missing. Right. And we don't know who that is. Could it be this Ralph person? Because Ralph hasn't appeared, so it would kind of make sense that that's the, quote, missing person. Right. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out or gets revealed. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm it, it's curious. Well, and then we also still don't know um well, obviously we don't know who Agnes is supposed to be. We also yeah. don't know um th- who Dottie is. They actually don't know who Dottie is either. That's true. Like, yeah. I, she hasn't been on in a couple episodes. Right. But she also was she also wasn't identified. Right. By the, the sword team. Like, they have no idea who she is. So, I'm like, huh. Like, that's interesting that they don't know who she's supposed to be. Like, right. weird. <laughs> but, yeah, so I, I have a feeling that's going to be something to do with things, too, is we're going to find out what that's about as well. So. Yeah. But uh, I, don't, I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm curious. We'll, we'll see what happens. I, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm intrigued. And by going through the MCU, something else I picked up on during Ant-Man and the Wasp, when uh, Hank is describing to Scott what's going to happen when they launch into the quantum realm, you see these triangles that are lit in yellow that are being moved and manipulated to get everything in place. And right. the other triangles around them, they all turn to hexagons. Right. So I'm like, oh, hexagon. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, yeah the... I don't know. We'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll see how it all pieces together. Like, I'm, I'm sure Kevin Feige and his team have placed all these things uh, and aligned them in a way 
to where it will make sense in the end. Uh, so, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I, I just want to see Magneto just once during, <laughs> during the thing. Like, you know, I, I understand that during the briefing that they described uh, or named her par- their parents, uh, Pietro and, and Wanda's parents. Yeah. But th- they could have easily just been adopted. And right. given the surname Maximoff. So, whatever, right? Like, yeah. uh, there, there are a lot of things with this and the MCU in general that have not stayed exactly to the comics. They've referenced or are similar in some way to the comics. Even this whole series is very similar to the miniseries uh, Vision uh, that was done, where Vision created his own reality with his own wife and children and, and dogs right. and all that stuff. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how this goes, but I, I'm really enjoying what's going on. And man, once this is done, we get Falcon and winter soldier. Mm, yeah. Can't that, that'll, be, that'll be fun for sure. <sighs> but anyway. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't have anything else to talk about. No, I, I don't have uh, any other to bolt to, to, to bolt about. Okay. All right, good. So I think we can wrap up on episode 33 then. Yes. Uh, and so let's uh, finish that off by having Scott tell us where they can find you on the internets. Ah. And uh, we'll go from there. On the internets. You can find me on Facebook and Twitter, uh, where I'm more active, uh, by going to MTG Pack Foils. Uh, you know, I, I am having some thoughts about uh, baseball, of course, recently. Uh, with Trevor Bauer and Reds and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, I'm there. If you have any questions, want to send me a deck to look over, whatever, just hit me up. I'll, I'll wind up responding. Uh, now, Joe, you write articles. Uh, where can people read your articles and find you on the Internet? Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at uh, VorathXP. Uh, you can also find my articles every thir- Tuesday and Thursday for MTG Goldfish. Uh, and that is uh, the This Week in Legacy and Vintage 101 articles. And uh, then you can also uh, find the cast at the Astrolab cast and at the Astrolab podcast at gmail.com. And Are we going to change that to the Tabal cast? No. No. Most, <laughs> most assuredly not. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much not. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's all good. Uh, but yeah. So that's, that's where you can find us. Uh, and. That does bring us to the end of episode 33. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, and I uh, hope you guys have a great night and uh, a great week. And uh, we'll see you guys uh, very soon. Thanks for listening. So, uh, bye. For the children.